Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. If you're new to the show, we talk about the issues of faith, family, and freedom as they relate to the arenas of the courts, the legislature, and the media. We're excited that we've got over 200 consecutive episodes running on this show going over four years now. And look, we're in prayer about the coronavirus. There's no doubt as it starts to impact more of our local community here in Austin and Central Texas and the state of Texas. But this show is moving forward. It's kind of interesting, too, and you think about radio. We're streaming live on Facebook. If you're watching us on Facebook, as a matter of fact, and if you're watching on YouTube, all right, we got to pick up our subscriber numbers. There's a little button there if you're watching on YouTube. On the bottom left, right corner, I believe, there's a little bell or something. Just click that, subscribe, so you can get notified when we do new videos and new updates. And so we want to make sure you're there. But, you know, it's an interesting thing about radio, right? I mean, it's been around for a long time. People thought maybe it'd be replaced by television and by cable news and podcasting and all that. Uh Uh-uh, it's still going strong. And so it's kind of interesting. I was driving... In this morning, you know, radio's right there, right? Giving you all the the updates, what's the latest, people want to know what schools are closed, all that kind of stuff. And uh, and I will have um, something that uh, at the end of the show that's an unique or that we're going to do as a feature because of what's happening today with some things around the area and the state and the country and the world, for that matter, on the coronavirus Uh, And look, I'm just talking about it for a second. That's not we don't cover the medical issues per se when it comes to things on this show, but it's impacting our community and it is having some impact on churches. So I'll touch on that in a minute. But, you know, we're all about protecting religious liberty. We certainly want people to be safe, but we also don't want people to be overcome with fear. We know all the times that it tells us in the Bible, be not afraid. But we're we are encouraged that people are trying to take measures uh, just to be you know, precautions to keep us safe. But our work continues on a day-to-day basis, regardless of some of these things that are going on. And so we want to bring you the updates on those issues. And there's no doubt that one of the issues that continues to get more and more attention, continues to get more and more momentum, if you will, and just have more and more people involved in the effort is the pro-life movement. And a big reason for that, I don't think it's uh, off to say that at all, is because of the work of the movement and the effort of 40 Days for Life. And one of the co-founders and the president and CEO of the 40 Days for Life movement is going to be our guest today. Sean Carney is a Texan. He and his family live here in Texas. He was one of the co-founders of 40 Days for Life, one of the largest pro-life movements across the state, country, if not the world. He's been on numerous national and local and state news outlets talking about this work. He's uh, an accomplished author. He's a movie contributor, and he's one of the most highly sought-after pro-life speakers. Sean, welcome back to the Texas Values Report. It's good to be back. How are you today? I'm doing great, you know, and I feel good. I had a little bit of bounce in my step this morning, which is always good when you roll into Friday. Hey, I got six kids. You know how it is. You've got a big family, too. You get to Friday, and you're like, hey, we almost got this thing done but uh, for the week. But, hey, look, uh, the 40 Days for Life movement had a great year yes, last year. I mean, the unplanned movie came out, and, and a lot of good things happening, but there's still a lot of work to do on the pro-life movement, not to take things in a negative turn, but you look at the hundreds of thousands of, of unborn children and they're still le- uh, losing their life every day. That's why it's so important that you guys continue yearly in different times of the year with the 40 Days for Life campaign. And I think part of when it started, you tell me, 
is during this time of Lent, during t- this time of 40 days leading up to the, uh, the, the crucifixion, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, tell us what's going on this year. We're, what, about a week or so into this recent installment and round of 40 Days for Life. Yeah, we are. And, and, you know, you mentioned 2019 was a great year for the pro-life movement. We shamefully in America had governors and politicians and, and journalists advocating for infanticide. It really was the year of infanticide. And that ended up being a blessing for the pro-life movement. It certainly was for 40 Days for Life. We saw our largest spring campaign last spring, followed by our largest fall campaign ever last fall. We saw the release of Unplanned. All of the infanticide and sanity certainly helped the movie, for sure, thankfully. And, you know, we've just seen so much growth the last five years with 40 Days for Life. And Unplanned was certainly a bump because it, it gave, a, gave us access and exposure to people who we just couldn't reach otherwise. You know, that's the, the, the benefit of a movie. And that hasn't slowed down. That did not go away. We have really continued uh, into 2020. It's not like people saw the movie and said, oh, I'll go participate in 40 Days for Life, and then they, they fell off the wagon. That, that did not happen. Um, we have seen a 30% increase in wow. participation in 40 Days for Life, people going out to pray, and it's just been awesome. Right now we have the largest campaign we've ever had and that's never happened in the spring during the lent campaign it's the fall is always larger because of weather and this year the for the first time the spring is the largest of the two but but also the largest ever which is 507 cities in 33 countries right now are are participating in 40 days for life and and the results have been fantastic uh you know so far we know of over 130 babies who have been saved. uh, And that number will skyrocket as we go through the campaign. We usually have a few abortion workers leave towards the end of the campaign. And so it's it's been a great start to to this massive effort. Well, look, and I want to mention a couple of things, and then I want to kind of back up a little bit for listeners that, you know, may have not heard of the 40 Days for Life movement. Maybe the, the, the movie Unplanned about Abby Johnson's life, you were a part of that story and, and included in the movie. But there may be people still that aren't aware of the movement or they've heard of it, but they don't know really what it's about. So, you know, look, my family in, in quite a few of the campaigns when we were at Santa Cruz Catholic Church down in Buda, now we're up in the northwest part of uh, Austin and Cedar Park, and we participated with St. Vincent de Paul Catholic Church, our home parish, with the 40 Days for Life movement. Let's take a step back for a second and let's. Fill in some detail for our listeners about, and I love all the stats, and I want to get to more of those in a minute, but lay out to people what the 40 Days for Life movement is and what some of the details are in function of this incredible movement. Well, it's, it's, it's something Texans should be proud of. It started here in College Station. We did the first campaign in 2004, and what happened was we saw our local Planned Parenthood abortion numbers going up, So we thought, we're going to take 40 days, hand this over to God, prayer, fasting, and a nonstop peaceful vigil outside of our local Planned Parenthood abortion facility in College Station. So that was the first 40 Days for Life campaign. It dropped our local abortion numbers by 28%. So in 2007, we launched it 
nationally, and Austin was part of that first nationally coordinated campaign. We only had 89 cities at the time, the fall of 2007. And then that led to the spring campaign done in conjunction with the season of Lent. So over the last 13 years, we've had a fall campaign and a spring campaign, and it has left College Station, Texas, and gone uh, you know, around the world to so 66 different countries. Wow. There have been over 950 cities. Well, hold on a second. Let, days for life. let me back up. I don't know if I can name 66 countries. No, I probably can't. Okay. <laughs> if I had hey, to, I mean, that's the benefit. That's a that's lot of coverage. Yeah. You know, Texans were only responsible for one country, and that's Texas. So I mean, can you name all the fifty states? I mean, and look, I'm I'm having a little fun with you. That's a lot of coverage. I mean, so you threw out some numbers: five hundred sixty-seven cities, sixty-seven countries. You know, just this year, I think you were saying, or this campaign, one hundred thirty babies saved. So let me drill down for people. So there's forty days. This time around, it started on Ash Wednesday or the night before. I mean, yeah, uh, and Ash and this is oftentimes twenty four hours or clo- close to that amount of of an individual or two or a group of people outside an abortion clinic. clinic excuse me, peacefully praying, uh, and that's it. I'm not saying that's it, but I mean that that's that that's the essence of it. That that's the real detail of it. Um, is people praying, but but it's consistent, it's every day. And then a lot of times what happens is people are at churches, people like our good friend Heather Gardner, others that are helping churches sign up for hours, right? Is this some of the details that we see that helps um, fulfill those hours in that time of the 40 Days for Life praying? Yes, and every every leader, you have a wonderful one in Heather in Austin, every leader... Uh, fills their vigil schedule and about 10 percent of leader local leaders actually have a pro-life organization most of them 90 percent are 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 volunteers they're stay-at-home moms they're retired colonels so they're leading their local efforts and we spend a lot of time throughout the year training them and equipping them but that that is what is happening and you know this last year we passed the one millionth volunteer wow. to participate in 40 days for life around the world and to me it's a hard thing to do <laughs> you know i mean for all the things you could do in the pro-life movement that are needed and, and great uh, but they're just frankly a lot easier and they're usually indoors and so when when we see the rapid growth of people saying you know what i'm going to go out there and i'm going to peacefully pray in front of where abortions happen it's it's really awesome. That is no small task, and and it definitely saves lives, and it 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 reaches the workers. You know, you mentioned Abby. She was the 26th out of 196 abortion facility workers uh, who have come to us and left their job, and and I think that really speaks to the fact that this is focused on hearts and minds, and and not only does no one grow up wanting an abortion, they don't grow up wanting to work in the abortion industry either. You know, it's really interesting, too. I mean, you look at some of the history of this movement and, and the opposition to abortion, and, and there have been a lot of strategies employed, if you will. There have been a lot of ways to come at it. And, you know, because you mentioned, right, that maybe it's it's not the easiest thing to be outside of an abortion clinic praying. But one of the things that's interesting about it, just about anyone could do that. You don't, even though I know you offer training and you want people to kind of have an idea of the right way to go about things, you don't have to have some special skill set. 
you know, and you don't have to pray out loud. I mean, you can silently pray. Right. And so it's just really interesting how broad and really how there's almost no limit to the people that could be involved with this movement. And it makes me think about, you know, when I got involved in the pro-life movement and I had a specific idea of, you know, how I wanted to be of service as a lawyer, as an advocate. But I started doing some of these things before then, standing in front of abortion uh, facilities and also at displays and events. And it's not always the most friendliest environment. You know, people are just, they can get very hostile to you. And even when you're out there praying, and I don't want to say anything that makes people overly concerned, um, you know, you typically don't see that much attention when you're out there praying, but you are out in public, to your point, right? That, you know, and so having that training is very good, but preparing yourself for it, but by and large, great environment. I a lot of times do it with along with my family. I've been doing that for many years, and so the kids kind of get the benefit of seeing that. And understanding what's going on. And I tell you, one of the, you know, most really just powerful moments, uh, if that's the right word, and, and challenging moments at the same time, is when the kids that are praying there, when they see a woman show up at abortion clinic and then go in and come out. It's really just, I mean, you just can feel it. And it just, and they sense it. And that's why I think that constant prayer, not knowing from one moment to the next who's going to be entering that facility in that ongoing prayer that you offer with your movement is so important. It is. And when, when the people having abortions also have kids and their kids see your kids, that's powerful as well. And, you know, you're right though, going out there, this is not rocket science, but going out there, it's the power of presence. And of course we have to pray in our churches and our homes and our schools. Uh, But this Abortions happen every day, and this is worthy of us using our rights that men and women in the armed services have have died to preserve, uh, using our rights to go out there to assemble and, yes, to do this for God, but also to do it for our country. Uh, this is this is the great test, as John Paul II said, of, of how we treat our most vulnerable. And so we need to go out there. It has a tremendous impact. You're right. 99% of the time, it's uneventful. People aren't getting out of their cars and screaming or, you know, there's, there's no violence or anything like that. Uh, but you, you may be, get persecuted and, and you may have somebody yell something at you. Uh, but for the most part, it's going out there and it's peacefully praying and seeing the impact of that. And that, you know, that's why we, we're about to hit 17,000 babies that have been saved. Those are just the ones that we know about, that we yeah. confirm. And, you know, I think that people, it's easy to say, oh, it's beautiful. We saved a baby, you know, and we get those emails and I've held a lot of these babies and it's just, it's beautiful. There's nothing like it. But those, those kids, those babies grow up to be kindergartners and fourth graders and high school kids and college kids and, and, and parents and, and whoever. And, I, you know, this is the great injustice that is abortion. We just cut off any opportunity for the unborn. And in any other issue of our time, we're looking to preserve life. We're looking to enhance life. We certainly see that with the, the awesome response to the coronavirus. You know, we're, we're trying to do everything to preserve and enhance life on every issue, whether you agree with someone politically or not on an issue. Most likely they have a good intention of trying to enhance life or preserve life for somebody else. And we do that with everything except abortion. And so it's a great witness to life and it's a great witness to liberty so i i strongly obviously encourage people to 
to go to 40daysforlife.com to find their location. And, uh, and there, there's nothing like it in, in, in our country. No, you're absolutely right. We're talking with Sean Carney, president and CEO of 40 Days for Life. This is an incredible pro-life, a prayer movement that has reached 66, if not more, countries. I lost track, over 500 cities. How many states? Probably every state in the United States, right? Am I right? Yeah. Every state yeah. in the United States. And, you know, one of the things, and it started in Texas, okay? You got to love that. All right? I mean, but look, at you know, Here's one of the things that I reflect on, too, as you and I interact and I interact with other people in the pro-life movement. And I see this increase of presence, this increase of action and activity and activism. A lot of my work early on was focused on learning all the court cases that related to pro-life issues and abortion. Mm-hmm. And several of those cases related to situations of prayer, of people being outside abortion clinics. I know one of the Supreme Court cases that uh, someone, attorney I worked with and studied under, Matt Staver, related to these bubble zones. Sometimes you re- you get into these situations where you got to be careful where you're standing out there. You got to be on the sidewalk or whatever. And so there was this time period where there was almost like, you know, uh, being able just to be there as you are with your group and others was being challenged. And so what's great about it is now that those court cases, many of them have solidified where the lines are and protected free speech rights and and so on. It's great to see people using them because I see that all the time, whether it's a court case or legislation that I'm a part of and you're often a part of. You want to see people do something with the law. And so now that's where so much of the focus is. And every now and then we've got court cases. I want to touch on one in just a minute. But. But for a while, there was this battle, right? Even when I was a student at the University of Houston, the pro-life group I was leading, we had our free speech rights challenge. They were going to kick us off campus just for wanting to talk to people about these issues. And a lot, and, and right. we, want, we won our case. Other cases have been won. And so sometimes you see you win the case, and then it's like, well, where's everybody at? You're filling that in, and it's fantastic because— And it really pushes back against this notion sometimes that you hear where people think, well, please tell me you're doing more than prayer, you know, almost suggesting that prayer is not enough. And sometimes we do need to be involved in some actions other than prayer. But let's not for a minute downplay the value and the strength and the power of prayer. And and from what you're doing and the numbers you're putting out, uh, it leaves no question. Uh, absolutely. And I think there's another danger, which is only doing action and neglecting prayer. That's right. And and not giving this the seriousness that it deserves. And the pro-life movement is is doing everything. I mean, pregnancy resource centers outnumber abortion providers five to one. We see this onslaught of great legislation, which picked up, by the way, during the Obama years. There was great pro-life legislation at the state level across the country during President uh, Obama, and now we actually have a pro-life president, President Trump, and we're seeing it at the federal level. So there's all this good going on, and and you know we we definitely can't forget uh, prayer. But you're right about these buffer zones and these bubble zones, and the Supreme Court, the liberal justices, the conservative justices have unanimously over the years. Uh, rejected these when they reach the Supreme Court level, simply citing this is un-American to say that you can't stand here and and offer information about something that you believe in. So thankfully, we're still preserving those rights, unlike Canada, which is trying to sprint 
to the finish line of becoming communist. They have zones of silence where you can't even have a pro-life opinion. Um, same in England, where they're restricting freedom of, of speech. And we, we fight those court cases in Canada and in, and in the U.K., uh, but America is standing strong, and, you know, we, we must use our rights so we don't lose them. That's and, absolutely um, right. I don't think anybody does that better than the pro-life movement. Well, we're talking with Sean Carney, president and CEO of 40 Days for Life, uh, a truly worldwide international movement, but it started here in Texas. And, you know, before I forget, Sean, we've got our Faith, Family, and Freedom Forum coming up again this year. We know we kind of missed the timing, but we had one of your colleagues, Dr. Haywood— I'm forgetting his last name, or is that his yeah, last Dr. name? Yeah, Dr. Haywood Robinson. Robinson. Went. He had a great time David. with you guys. We want to have you. He did a great job, but we want to get you this time. Probably going to be the last week in August because uh, the first week of September, I think, falls on Labor Day weekend, but that's usually the time period we have it. So maybe you can start blocking off some time there on Friday or Saturday. I don't know if A&M's got a game. We'll check all that out, but we'd love to have, <laughs> <laughs> we'd love to have you. Uh, be a part of it this year. We'll get in touch with you later, but I'm just planting a little seed while I got you on the line. But this there has become go. one of the largest events in the state of Texas, one of the largest faith. It's certainly the largest faith and family policy conference in the state. Had over 300 people there last time. We had over 40 speakers at the national, state, and local level and, and a lot of coverage on the life issue. Before we round this thing out, though, speaking of court cases, and I want to, well, let me touch on the movie and then we'll hit the court cases. Um, unplanned was, you know, probably unplanned that it would be that big, but y'all probably, you know, weren't overly surprised. You knew the message, the story was strong. It obviously changed lives, it saved lives. It changed Abby Johnson's life and a whole lot of people around her. You know, it's just hard to manufacture that. And a lot of times people think that, right? And you're like, this is how real this is. What an extraordinary movie. What an extraordinary message. Uh, you know, you've seen those numbers continue as now it's on DVD and online and all that stuff. Um, give us just a couple of things. We only got about two minutes left. Give us a few kind of what's the update on unplanned. And then I want to touch this court case and then I'm going to close this out. Well, we'll be doing a lot of people are on our email list. We're doing a one year anniversary of unplanned. We'll have a number of things going on at 40 days for life the next couple of weeks. But you're right. The movie was good, which helped. Nobody wants to watch a bad pro-life movie or a bad Christian movie, and there are plenty out there. But, but Unplanned was well done. It was good, and it was accurate, and that made it the most powerful pro-life movie ever. And Abby's story is a beautiful one. It won, it's one that doesn't sort of sidestep anything to do with abortion. It hits you head-on, as she was hit head-on uh, when she witnessed an, an abortion. And so that, that came out in the movie, and it was awesome, and nobody said it was going to be good, and nobody said it was going to be a success, and it got you know, blacklisted, and, and they weren't able to run ads on so many networks, and, and yet it, had, it tripled the expectations the opening weekend and went from 1,000 theaters to 1,700 in a week. It was just awesome. And so I, I think it's a testament to the fact that we're not settled on the abortion issue despite 47 years of legalization. Well, and it's while the movie was well done and kept you engaged the whole time, it didn't really pull back or or kind of sugarcoat, I guess, if that's the right word to use, you know, what was happening. I mean, there was some pretty serious uh, content in the movie that I think had value and was relevant and mattered. But my point is, you know, you guys didn't really hold back. I mean, you told the story as it was. And, and that was very important. And so I think that 
also made it very real. And, you know, if it, I don't know, I, I want to get into if it had been done another way. My point is, it was done accurately. That authenticity, even though I'm sure, you know, at times not always the, the most delicate of subjects or the easiest of subjects, it mattered and it was important. And because I felt like y'all stayed with that consistency, uh, I think that resonated with a lot of people. So great job on that. I know I'm glad to hear about the one-year anniversary coming up. And um, and I thought the movie was well done. But I tell you, as myself individually, it's still something that makes me emotional. I've been through a lot of these things before, dealt with a lot of pro-life issues. And so it also is a great reminder, if I could say it that way, for people that have been in the movement a long time, about how important it is no matter if you've been in one day or a thousand days, how important it, con- it continues to be to be engaged on this issue. Last thing I'm just going to say, Supreme Court case up at the U.S. Supreme Court. This is a June medical case. It's about making sure we've got common sense health and safety standards at the U.S. Supreme Court. Texas Values authored a, uh, or signed on to an amicus brief that was filed because this is a case out of Louisiana, but this federal district that includes Louisiana, Texas, Mississippi, well, the Supreme Court decides could have an impact. And this doesn't ban any abortions. We're just trying to say, hey, if you're going to have them, uh, let's keep things safe. It is. It, it's great. And, and and it will be a deterrent for abortions. And you guys, people should know, I've known you a long time. You'll do such great work. And so I always encourage people to, to support you financially and to, to get on your email list, to subscribe to your YouTube channel, because you do. You do a lot of great work. It also helps set a precedent for other states across yep. the country. So Keep up the great work, and I hope this is a success. Well, we couldn't. We, we feel the same way, Sean. 40daysforlife.com is the website, 40daysforlife.com. Sean Carney, president and CEO of 40 Days for Life, truly saving lives, has been our guest today on the Texas Values Report. All right, guys, y'all come in real quick. Okay, the coronavirus has impacted my family in the, in the ways that my kids are out of school today. I'm going to let them chime in real quick. Hurry up. We're running out of time. Say hello on Facebook Hi. Live. I got to shut it down. You want to get in the shot or not? All right, be well. These kids are working hard. I'm proud of them. They're doing work, um, doing well in school and uh, mostly being well-behaved, so I thought I'd let them give a little shout-out. I got to figure out what I'm going to put them to work in for the rest of the day because daddy's got to go back to work, even though your school is out. But look, be safe out there. Take the precautions you need to. But don't forget about the power of prayer. Don't let the fear overtake you. Go to our website, txvalues.org. Look, I'm not going to be able to get around the state as much. I'm not trying to do this as a plug for donations. I'm just trying to be real with you all as people get nervous. But you can give from home, okay? You can go online. You can text txvalues.org. We're a tax tax deductible organization. You can give online at txvalues.org. We are a 501c3 organization. That's how we're able to do the work for faith, family, and freedom in Texas as people support us. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.